And we're live for another episode of Athletic Insights. Athletic Insights, Athletic Insights is a resource for youth sports, coaches, organizations, parents, and young athletes looking to get a glimpse in behind the scenes of elite athletics. We're joined here today by our guest, um, Stephen Atakulu. So um, more, more notably known as Atakulu, but his, uh, around Bishop's campus at least, his, uh, his full name is Stefan Atakulu. He is um, a jack of all trades, but what we're going to be going into mostly this afternoon is his um, athletic background, his youth sports experience, and then his time playing university and professional athletics as well. Um, but is, uh, as I had previously said, he's a bit of a jack of all trades, so he, uh, he's a little bit involved in real estate and acting as well. But I won't, uh, I won't steal all the good stuff for you. Steven, you want to take a minute here and introduce yourself to the young viewers at home? Hey, how's it going, everybody? Stephen Atakulu here, uh, born and raised in Brampton, Ontario. Uh, I was I went to Champlain for a little bit, and then uh, spent five years at Bishop's University, uh, where I then went and uh, played professional football for the BC Lions, and then shortly after the Montreal Alouettes. And so you had just mentioned there um, about your time in CJEP as well um, as your time playing in university and professionally. Can we, can we back up a little bit and go over, you know, what role did sports play in your life as a youth athlete? And then I would love to, after that, we'll go into the CJEP model because a lot of our Ontario listeners aren't super familiar with it, but it's, it's so beneficial for a development. Absolutely. Um, I would say uh, for me, uh, growing up, it, it definitely gave me structure. Uh, I was this kid who was, you know, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was, I was necessarily bigger than most of the guy, uh, guys or people in my grade, but I was definitely an athletic kid, strong kid. And I had a, a, an attitude to myself. I was, you know, I, I, I was, behind me and uh, I, I definitely knew that uh, if things weren't going my way I had a, a attitude that I think needed to be checked from time to time and I definitely think that um, uh, playing uh, football definitely uh, gave me some structure in life in terms of discipline. Um, for sure and I, actually you made a really good point I want to uh, ask you to maybe elaborate on. Um, you had said football provided that outlet for you, right? Um, but there's a fine line between being um, a gifted athlete like yourself and, and being let loose, um, like in the sense of, um, honestly, sorry, I had a brain fart. Let's just go. What, what was the last thing you said there, sorry, Adekulu? No, absolutely. You made a, you made a really good point. Yeah, no, I was saying that it gave me structure and uh, it gave me discipline um, as as just this child who was kind of, I, I would say, just kind of not arrogant, but cocky in, in the sense that, hey, I'm, I'm a good athlete. I could do X. I could do this. So it, it gave me a lot of structure in life, I would say. Right. Yeah, you just, perfect. You just reminded me. So that was my, my question for you, Story, was, um, you know, with that chip on your shoulder, that attitude, there's a, it's a balancing act finding how much of that to, um, to, to coach. And then at the same time, not wanting to coach the greatness out of you, because some, I, sometimes I find with athletes, 
it's their drive that comes from that place that allows them to get where they are and to be special. So where do you think that that fine line is between like checking yourself, but also having to have that confidence to know you can be successful as a professional athlete? Um, I think it's, uh, that's a great question. It's playing between the lines. And I think for all you, you young athletes out there is understanding that uh, you'd never want to be robotic in, Hey, I got to follow everything that's told to me and I need to do it exactly this way. Um, but you also always have to remember there's lines to, uh, you know, every sport. So, you know, for example, I'll use football, for example, there's things that you can do and can't do. And, uh, and, and some things will cost your team a penalty. So, or uh, things that your team's going to need to rely on you. Uh, hey, if practice is at, you know, six o'clock, make sure you're there 15 minutes early. So you, you know, so that you avoid any uh, letdown of your team. Cause if they're at six and you guys need to have a certain amount of time, two hours to get some work done, they need to rely on you. So, um, in terms of being an athlete, I think what it did, it would just honed me into having respect for my peers and having respect for the game uh, in terms of just playing in between the lines. And was football the only sport you were playing before um, high school, college, or did you have a different, like a more diverse background growing up? Uh, well, for me, I would say that football definitely wasn't the only sport that I was playing, but I think it was the most uh, sport that was more, um, it was, the, I think it was the thing that I was interested in. You know, my, my older brother played football and, uh, and he only played for one season, I believe. And I, I was kind of like, the, I had that mentality, oh, when I grow up, this is what I want to do. And this is how I wanted to do it. Um, um uh, and but I definitely played different sports so in, in elementary I was playing soccer I was on uh the basketball team I played volleyball I was playing badminton and um I felt in every sport it definitely gave me an edge and a new perspective on if not training or uh just footwork for for mm. football in general so all sports I think is important to dabble in for every young athlete because um, uh, they, you could translate them to the sport that you're most interested, if not both sports or. Oh, absolutely. Same exact same page and very similar backgrounds. I think I played, you said volleyball, badminton, football, you said soccer. So I think the only difference was I was basketball, you were soccer, but very similar, uh, range of sports. And like you had mentioned, if I was viewing my side sports. Uh, you know, like the basketball and the badminton is conditioning and footwork that I just didn't necessarily want to be doing in the gym. When I'm in the gym, yep. I like lifting weights and getting stronger, right? So I found different ways to do my conditioning and footwork that weren't necessarily in the gym. So that could be like a really valuable tool for young athletes as well. Um, not necessarily, because a lot of, you know, if a, if a hockey player is really good at hockey in high school, they don't want to step outside of that sport and play a secondary sport sometimes out of fear for not being the same caliber, let's say basketball player as they, is ho they are hockey player. But I think yeah. we need to get away from that and just get kids into understanding that like, okay, this second sport, maybe you're not going to start and play, but the practices you do are going to translate in terms of conditioning or footwork, agility, whatever you, you might be lacking in a manner that yep. doesn't necessarily seem like training. So it's just, you know, I'm just beating that point to death because I'd love to see more uh, athletes in multiple sports rather than 
individualizing so early. But um, next thing I, go ahead. Did you have something to add? Yeah, no, it's just like I remember like, you know, growing up, I didn't have the blueprint on how to make it pro or how to be a good athlete. I just remember uh, it was high school football. There was, uh, so I remember my focus was football, but it was high school football. After high school football, it was, um, uh, it was, it was basketball and volleyball, and then it was football again. So I, I had a dead space where I, I could have just hit the gym, but I was like, well, in order to keep my cardio up, you know, basketball is going to be great, you know, and, and to be honest, I played basketball with some cross trainers, some like running shoes, and I'd get made fun of. I was starting based off the athleticism, but you know what I mean? I just put 100% into basketball and uh, all I could do was grab rebounds. And, and the way that translated was as a receiver, I'm going up to grab, you know, catch balls and it shows you how to box out, how to, you know, uh, time the time the trajectory of the ball and ultimately it worked in my sport so uh so not only was I able to use my you know physicality in in basketball but the the cardio aspect of basketball and going up and and, and getting a ball also translated to football so just to 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 Zach's point here to like you've got to you've got to make sure that you're giving yourself all possible um, uh, opportunities to, to better yourself as an athlete, no matter what sport you're playing. Well said, well said. Um, next thing I wanted to switch gears into is when did you, you know, start taking football, I guess, seriously, slash when did the recruiting process start with you? Uh, yeah, so I remember um, – Again, I was this kid who I had no idea how to get into NCAA. Uh, however, I, I wanted to. And I remember going to my high school and trying to figure out, hey, I want to get into the NCAA. What do I got to do? And, and, and they, they handed me this huge textbook and said, like, go ahead, you know. And that was really all I got, you know. So, um, you know, eventually what I started to think was just being naive was, hey, I'm going to do an apprenticeship and the apprenticeship will send me to school. And once they send me to school, um, I will then um, become like I will then, you know, try out for their team and I would somehow be on, you know, uh, an automotive apprenticeship and play for a football team. And, and that's how I'm going to self-recruit myself. That is literally what I thought. Um, so I, I ended up working and doing, uh, getting an apprenticeship, uh, with BMW and they sent me to school and I'm like, well, where's your sports team? And they're just like, yeah, we don't have any of those. So here I am in school, uh, for, you know, working at BMW and I'm like, damn, like I, I can't become a football player. Um, so, uh, I then started to look at junior colleges. Uh, so I was, I was getting recruited by a Fork Union Military Academy uh, out in uh, Virginia and uh, Champlain, uh, which is basically a, a junior college, but it's called Sejep in, uh, in, in Quebec. Um, and at the time, I had some interest from a couple of NCAA teams, but they wanted to see me play a little bit more, um, you know, Americanized football. Uh, so I uh, so I ended up connecting with Fork Union uh, Military Academy in Champlain. Ultimately, uh, Champlain came down, recruited me from, I was playing for the Brampton Bulldogs. 
at the time, uh, uh, which is which is in the OVFL, Ontario uh, Varsity Football League. And uh, I was recruited by JF Janka to go to Champlain. Uh, during my time at Champlain, I had some interest from a couple of other NCAA teams. Uh, uh, but what ended up happening uh, was there was uh, it was kind of like a, I guess you could call it uh, they kind of boycotted Sajep because the the guidelines of ages were a little bit fuzzy for them for the year that mm. I was trying to come out. Uh, right. So uh, so I ended up actually Champlain shared the campus with Bishop's University. Uh, who was uh, the head coach there at the time was uh, Coach Leroy Blue, who who was known to get guys who had, you know, considerable amount of talent into the CFL or at least a shot. Uh, so I said, hey, you know what, why not? I like, you know, the atmosphere where I'm at. At the time, a big thing I looked at was um, the receivers. So for all you young athletes, uh, depending on the positions you play and how confident you are in your skill, I think something that you should definitely look at is who's playing your position, what year they're at, and, you know, what is it, how likely is it that you will play in that position, or will you need a couple years before you develop? If you're someone who's really confident in your talent and think that you want to start and play right away, go to a school that doesn't have a lot of, um, I guess, and this is just my opinion, always, you know, uh, fact check and, and do your own due diligence. But I would say go to a school that doesn't have, um, you know, uh, five-star recruits who are just starting in that same position because the likeliness of you getting on the field, uh, depending on how good this person is, uh, it will, will vary, right? So yeah. it, it, you give yourself the best option by doing your due diligence in that sense. If you're someone who thinks you need time to develop, go to a school that has a couple of good recruits so you could learn from them. You could be in their, not in their shadow, but their backup, or you can, you know, be the ones who's pushing them and ultimately try and take their spot. Or when it does come time where they graduate or move on, then you're slotted in nicely uh, in that position as well. Um, so at the time, Bishops had uh, Sean Gore, who I ended up playing behind in, in BC. Um, they had Stephen Turner, who you know had the fastest 40. David Hadrell, who was an amazing player. Um, they had uh, Keith Godding, um, uh, James Yurichuk, uh Jamal Lee, a, a, a plethora of guys that were kind of on their way out. And uh, they had a really good recruiting class coming in. And they had a, a really good quarterback, Jordan Heather. So uh, me being a receiver, I looked at all those factors and I said, hey, Bishops would be a really good fit for me. Uh, ultimately, in our last year, we broke records for, you know, passing yards. And, and, and I think that gave me the best opportunity not to, to achieve my goal, which was ultimately to play professional football. Very, very well said. And just like so, so much good information in there for the young athletes going through this process now. Um, but I really, I would really love if you could offer a perspective about what your time at Champlain did for you. So for the young athletes listening at home, um, you've been hearing me talk about CJEP options on my podcast or in the weight room with you guys. Um, Champlain is, in my opinion, the best CJEP in Quebec. Um, as of the last, you know, probably 15 years, they've been winning the most championships. So first of all, um, they're only really recruiting the top, top blue chip Ontario athletes. 
Um, so if you fit in this category and you want to take two more years to develop athletically, the CJEP options are really good. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it's so crazy. And it, it's great that you brought that up because, uh, you know, my largest jump, uh, and I'm talking about from when I started football to, uh, to, to even professional was going from Brampton minor football to Sejep. And I'll tell you why um, it's, you're, you're getting, you're getting coaching from guys that are either at the pro, who have been at the pro level or at our high university level. And they're teaching you what they know right now. So you're getting, uh, you're getting all this information, technical information, uh, information about your body, how you should eat, how you should manage your time. And, um, and, and you're getting it before you get into university where a lot of guys coming from university are coming from a lot of different skill levels. Some of them are at the top tier and some of them are at the low tier. And uh, me being at a high level of like, even at the high level, level of Brampton minor football and OVFL, I still needed a lot. I still had a lot to learn to get to you, to get to start or play at the university level. So the transition I felt was not only, it was almost like a, a three quarter, 75%. It got me 75% ready to, to go in at the, the university level and compete. I remember saying to myself after leaving Champlain that, Hey, I can start. I'm one of the best players on, on, uh, on, on my university team because I had the coaching from going to Champlain because I had, and it was, it was one year, but when I got to Champlain, the, 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 the level of athletes, um, was outstanding like you know you got guys going to ncaa teams you got guys going to laval you got guys going so that transition of managing your time managing your school understanding how to eat um and then also just your your understanding of the football game especially from ontario to uh to to let's say what you got at uh, your minor league or your high school just the information you're getting as a as an athlete, is, I think, is very important to transition. Uh, if you're looking to, you know, go to university, it's a great transition step um, that that helps you um, uh, not only mentally, physically, emotionally uh, get ready for that next step in university. And there's the added benefit of the academic side as well, right? Absolutely. So you get another, you guess, a year or two to build your routines and find your, your study habits that you're going to need at the next level. Um, but then also, um, like within that, it gives you another year or two to develop into like what type of person you're going to be and to find that academic interest. Um, exactly. Because a lot of Egypt schools I'm talking to, there's not necessarily a shortage of athletes out of province that want to come to CJEP, there's a shortage of athletes that are academically eligible um, yeah. to go to these CJEPs because uh, there's this maybe connotation in Ontario that, oh, it's not university. It must be easier to get into. Well, mm. I hate to burst your bubble, young lads, but there are CJEPs that are more difficult to get into than universities. So yeah. um, it's, such a, it's such an interesting avenue for the Ontario athletes. And I think one of the reasons it's not promoted as much is because Provincially, we want to keep our athletes here, right? We want to send our athletes to McMaster and uh, Western and Ottawa U. Um, yeah. and one of the things that happens here is when our athletes go from Ontario 
into the CJEP model, well, then they're more likely to get sniped up by the Lavals and the Montreals and the, the Sherbrooks. Um, yeah. But your time playing at Bishops, though, you had mentioned that the, the bigger jump was high school to CJEP, and then the jump from CJEP to university was a little bit more minimal. Can you, can you oh, just yeah. speak to what that jump was like as well? And then just kind of like the growth you experienced as a, a student athlete, your time at Bishop. Yeah. So, um, I remember, um, I remember uh, it was almost like the distinct point, uh, uh, from Bishop, I mean, from Champlain to Bishop. So I was on the field, uh, and, uh, we had a coach, I think it was, it was I think he was coach McBride. I think he's the uh, athletic director there. Uh, at Bishop. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. and I, he was my receiver coach and, uh, and, uh, I remember him teaching us, um, uh, he was teaching us, I think it was a speed cut and, uh, just, just going over the fundamentals of it. And, um, you know, for a lot of the athletes that were there, I picked it up right away. And the reason why I picked it up right away was because, uh, that was something that we would run in Seja, whereas in, in university, um, that's one of the first things that they start to introduce to all the recruits that came. So although the university guys were running it and uh, like the athletes were running it, I've already had a year under my belt doing this exactly that. So it was, it allowed me as an athlete to be like, okay, like, uh, you know, like I feel comfortable in this. So when we were running one-on-ones, I was running, you know, really good speed cuts. And I remember saying to myself, like, okay, uh, with my athletic ability and the technique that I've learned uh, from Sejep, I can compete. And it gave me the confidence to go out there in my first year and, you know, wreak havoc on these guys, right? And just and just play to my heart's content. Um, again, um, because I was in the gym and, and taught how to manage my time, uh before it wasn't a whole it wasn't a whole mindset shift where it's like oh my gosh i have to do this uh um uh at such a such a high level and manage my time and and i'm changing everything so quickly it was it was very the transition was very uh it it, it was something i've already gotten used to where when i was going from brampton to uh champlain um, it wasn't something that you would do. You wouldn't watch film. You wouldn't, uh, you know, have to worry about what you ate. I remember um, Mike Adam, the starting safety for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We we drove up to Champlain from Brampton together, and we would, before every practice when we were in Brampton, we would have McDonald's. You know what I mean? And that's how we did it. That was our routine because we were we were on the uh, Chad Ocho, the Chad Owens uh, 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 diet. You know, and 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 you can't do that when you start to get to you know. A higher level of, of uh, athleticism or, or, or sports. So um, that is, I think, one of the biggest things was it, it just helped me manage my time at Bishops. And, and I, I believe your second question was uh, about my time at Bishops. Uh, you wanted me to elaborate a little bit on that, correct? Yeah. So just like as a person, as an athlete, what growth did you experience from, did you do four or five years at Bishops? I did, I did five years. Um, so what ended up happening was in my first year, uh, like I said, was um, I was actually deemed athletically, I mean, sorry, academically ineligible because uh, when I went to SAGEP, I had the sole purpose of, of, of going to 
the state. That's why I even I even considered going. Um, so what ended up happening was uh, uh, I took eight courses instead of nine. And in order to play in university, to transfer from SAGEP to uh, to to uh, a university, so in Canada, you have to have nine courses, and I only took uh, the eight. So uh, my first year, I was redshirted and academically ineligible. And uh, I remember telling myself, if I can't play in, play in a game, I'm going to treat every practice like game day. And I would go out there and try to score touchdowns and and rack up my yards every day in practice, which ultimately turned into how I practiced um, every day at university and and at the pro pro level. Um, so I think it it was in, it was important. That was definitely important. Um, and then in my first year, I remember you know going off and and you know uh, I think in my first game I had over a hundred yards or. 80 or 100 yards or something like that and and I remember uh you know just getting that kind of cockiness attitude back to myself and uh, I remember Benoit Grew, who was the offensive coordinator at the time just you know sat me down and he said hey look we're gonna lean on you as a as a as a as a player and you know you're gonna you're gonna do this and you're you're, you're gonna be good and you're gonna you know you're gonna have a, a good year good years here and you're gonna go pro but we just need you to keep a cool calm and collected head and and, and lead the team as we need you know and and, and that's kind of what i tried to do when i was at bishops is is just try to be the the i guess the just try to be a a, a voice of reason or someone who hey gave us those opportunities against the big teams like laval and you know montreal and you know say hey we we could compete too um, I think as an athlete, how I grow, how I grew at Bishops was I faced a lot of injuries. So n not a lot of people know this, but after my, after actually my first year, so I was redshirted. Then my second year I played and had a, uh, had a decent season right after that season. Uh, I tore, I, I was in the basketball, I was in the gym and just playing bump, joking around. And I, uh, dislocated my knee and I, and I stretched my patella shortly after the recovery process of that. Uh, they left a bone in the knee, so I missed my second year, which would which would have been my third year, so my east-west year. Um, I, you know, Tony Adana, who was the head coach at the time, asked me, "Hey, do you want to, uh, you know, want me to submit you?" I said, "No, I don't want to. I don't want to show the scouts damaged goods." So um, I said, "I'm going to bank on my fourth year. I'm going to put everything into my fourth year." So I'm I'm trying to heal. A week after they take the bone out, one of the recruits. Sorry, one of the rookies tripped me, and I and I and I tear my other knee, and I uh, I tear my meniscus. So uh, so in my fourth year, I'm still recovering, you know, from that stretch patella dislocated knee, and uh, uh, and then I and I tear my meniscus on my other knee. So they do some repair, reparation stuff, and um, I remember. So and then I was also battling uh, tendonitis at the same time. So I'm limping around in my fourth year, and it wasn't really up until our last game where I actually really started to feel good about my knees. I wasn't needing any braces, and I was actually able to come like run. And uh, you know that's when uh, Brent Bailey, who was the offensive coordinator at the time, said, "Hey, next year we, we should consider you at slot." And uh, so that during that off season was probably in my fourth year during the off season was my most the healthiest I felt uh, as an athlete uh, in university. 
So um, this is when I started to train at, uh, you know, in Bishops and, and uh, I ended up, you know, taking some risks. I got in a, in a, in a bad kerfuffle in Cancun with an agent, uh, but that's a whole nother story. Uh, and uh, I ended up training with SST. Uh, I trained with SST. I ended up uh, going to the Wayne Ford Combine, which is, was technically the Toronto Regional or the, the GTA Regional Combine now. And I was selected out of 120 guys to go to the E-Camp. And uh, when I was at E-Camp, um, uh, because I did both combines back to back, when I ran my 40, I ended up pulling my hamstring. Uh, so I pulled my hamstring and, uh, you know, I didn't get drafted in my draft year. Uh, I ended up going back to the Bishops to finish off my, uh, my, my majors and uh, play my last year of eligibility. Uh, during that time, I got, you know, some, some, you know, some really, I got really deep into, you know, taking care of my body. And actually this is how Zach and I met in terms of just taking care of your body and understanding what you need to do to success, to succeed as an athlete. It's not just being in the gym, but it's actually taking care of your body, uh, in the physiotherapy room or, or what, what, what have you. And I really focused on that. And I think that was my best year. I think we had, I, I had over 500 yards in nine games of receiving and, and, um, and that's when I signed with the lions, um, as a free agent, uh, as a free agent signee, uh, in after my last year. So that was kind of, that's just kind of quick scope of my year at Bishops. Yeah. And when you, my time. yeah, when you put it that way and you, you explain the injuries, um, there's also all that time and mental capacity you put into the recovery and the rehab for what it sounds like two year, two or three years, just completely straight before you said your knees started to feel a little bit better towards the end of your fourth year and then allowed you to play in your fifth year. So like you must have developed, in, especially in that fifth year, like a, a deep gratitude for the game and just being at your best as athletes we know. Um, you might be working your arse off, but, you know, like you said, you might be having something that all year that's nagging and slowing you down. So what Absolutely. did like, did you have like a Eureka moment or kind of like a, a monkey off your back moment kind of when you were able to play, you performed the way you knew you were able to perform the whole time. And then you finally got the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And it's crazy. When I got that Eureka moment, it was actually when I was playing pro and I'll, and I'll just, now I'm going to tell you guys, all you young athletes out there, there's going to be times where you're going to go through situations where you're, you're at the darkest space, man. I thought, you know, I was like, look, with, with what I knew I felt inside me, I'm like, I could play at the NFL level. And that was my mentality. And I remember I always gauged during my birthdays, like, hey, what level am I at? Am I ready? And I remember I was really, really far from you know, making the NFL because of all my injuries. And I was in a really dark space. And I was like, and I started to really think to myself, man, if I don't make pro, what am I going to do with my life? And that's kind of where I started to really focus on being a business on and, and getting into business and, 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 and acting and, and stuff like that. Um, but uh, I, I didn't give up. I didn't give up on trying to heal myself. Um, but I definitely was in a space where I, I started to doubt if I I can make it. I, you know, I, I, I didn't know if my body was going to eventually hit, heal. All I could do was show up to basically I started treating um, athletic therapy and physio like game day. Like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I just, you know, 
switched my mindset into that. Um, and uh, I ended up trying out with the Montreal Alouettes and um, uh, right, right after uh, my fourth year. So when I started to feel better and, uh, you know, my knees were okay, but what happened was, you know, my tendonitis would always flare up. And um, I think it was John Angle, the, uh, uh, he was like the assistant GM at the time. He's like, man, you're a good player, but you won't, you'll never last a season. You know what I mean? He's like, my suggestion to you is to take a year off of university and, uh, and, and become, you know, just, just give your, your tendonitis some time to, for some healing, you know? And, you know, me being stubborn, I said, no, 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 no. I'm going to look at every other way I can do it. So there was shock therapy. There was stuff like PRP and, um, I ended up actually doing PRP on my knees to try to get, you know, the blood flow uh, circulation into those tendons to heal them faster. And, um, and then, uh, and, and, and then, you know, just con con continuing to go to rehab and, and that's what I did. And, uh, you know, the first game, I remember, I think it was like the first or second game uh, we played. I, I think it was against Sherbrooke. I had like one or two catches and you know what I mean? Like I, I was feeling good, but I was just kind of slowly getting back into the game, you know? Um, but then like, you know, down the season, I started doing really great, you know? And then um, it, it, my Eureka moment didn't come until um, it was the third day of training camp. Uh, sorry, the third day of rookie camp uh, while I was playing pro and I rolled my ankle. And um, after the third day of rookie camp, the vets come in. The vets are very intimidating. They're all laughing and joking because they just got their signing bonuses and, you know, they're in training camp and, you know, they're in the best. They feel the best because you haven't done a day of practice yet. And, you know, it's, it's kind of intimidating, right? I remember sitting there with me and my, my buddy Fox who played at Bishops with me and we're like, holy smokes, this is, this is crazy. These guys are huge. And, and on top of it, I just rolled my ankle. But uh, what I did was instead of, you know, being down in the dumps and staying in like on the sideline during practice, I, every night before I went to bed, I iced my ankle. I, I did yoga. I rolled out and, you know, slowly but surely I was able to mentally and physically get myself ready for practice the next day. So even though I was kind of limping, I was fighting through it. I was catching balls. And, and I think it was in my first day, I caught, I caught a ball on, you know, one of the, one of the hall of fame DBs at the time, Dante Marsh. Um, as the, as the week got better and better, my ankle got better and better. And other guys went down with injuries and they were kind of just, you know, taking it day by day where I was self healing and um, the self healing I learned from and the mental you know, the, the, just to stay with it mentally, I learned from those, those three years at Bishops where I was down in the dumps and you know what I mean? And, and I had to look at other ways to heal myself further than what was being told to me. Um, so when I practiced what I learned at Bishops and I applied it to, to the Lions, ultimately that's what ended up making me as a free agent uh, signee making the team and, and on the active roster. Wow. And how many years did you play in, like, you were still technically in the CFL when, like, COVID lockdown initially started, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, 2019 was, uh, was when I, you know, I had uh, just contract stuff with Montreal. Um, I, I was talking to, you know, Hamilton, uh, you know, here and, you know, like, 
uh, I, I didn't necessarily, because I started representing myself, I didn't actually pursue teams. Um, but, you know, I, I haven't actually retired. It's just, you know, mm-hmm. I've kind of made a little bit of a, of, of a shift now that I've had the acting um, opportunities open up to me. Um, but yeah, like I, I can still, I, I can still play at that level. I, I'm not necessarily, you know, done. Um, so uh, my last year was uh, with uh, Vernon Adams in Montreal uh, with the, with, with the team there. So yeah. Very cool. What's your, uh, like, what is your why as an athlete at this point in your life? If, or I guess even like a year ago without giving away, uh, you might come back, you might be, you know what I mean? So it's kind of, you're in this really uh, unique spot right now. And then also, yeah. side tangent really quickly, me and my girlfriend were watching the 100 and we saw you in uh, one of the later seasons. So that was very cool. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, yes, thank you. No, it's cool. Like, and you know what? My why is I still love the game. Um, my why is uh, I would still want to pursue a championship. My why would be is I would still, I, I think every athlete, no matter what, and this is a good, uh, I think it's a good lesson is no matter how much you achieve, your competitiveness will always want you to ch- achieve more. And I feel like, you know, I, I would definitely like to be a part of a team that, you know, I, 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 I really felt like, hey, this was my, you know, this was my hurrah hurrah last game I'm gonna put it to bed and 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 that's it so that that's my why I definitely felt like um what I did as an athlete I'm I'm very content with and very happy I I played pro for six years uh you know I've I've played in over 50 games actively uh I was the Tom Pate award winner uh sorry uh uh nominee for uh, Montreal two years running and that's someone who who demonstrates um, uh, leadership in their community and on on and off the field um, you know I've, I've created a brand for myself uh, so I'm definitely happy about those things and I think if I was to go back and play it would try to help a team win a championship and continue to you know enlighten other athletes on you know uh, their life after football um and uh and 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 that's kind of what transitions uh into you know once i was done you know with a a team uh a week later i signed uh actually it's funny you mentioned the 100 i signed a contract to be on on the 100 for a reoccurring role so you know that was cool as well right so um uh my why is just continuing to do what makes me happy and what i love and what i enjoy and and not feeling like I'm working, you know, a day, a day, a day, a day in my life, right? Just having fun. Yeah. And uh, like, as you'd mentioned, you're getting into these, these different professions now, like, what are you most excited um, for in terms of, um, I feel that like when I stopped playing sports competitively, yes, there's that grieving period of that, that, that sucks. But there also is kind of like a, it hits you, oh, wow, like, look at all the free time I have. My schedule yeah. has been jam-packed for the last, like, 20-plus years, and all of a sudden, it's just open. So, there's, yeah, the with the skills we learn through playing elite sports, and especially football, like, you're, if you can keep your, your motivation and your passion high, like, like people like yourselves, you can go on to have really successful second, third, fourth, fifth careers. So, what are you looking most forward to now with that, the amount of free time? 
Um, and you know, it's amazing how much free time that you thought you had as a, as an athlete, as especially as a pro athlete, you're working, you know, part time and, you know, you're, you're making decent paychecks and you're only doing it for six months. Um, but then you, you, you don't factor in the training and the eating and the, the mental, you know, uh, uh, connections to, to the game. Um, so I could absolutely confidently say the thing I'm looking forward, uh, to the most is becoming an uh becoming a, a more renowned actor uh recently i took a couple of classes that i really feel like it matches my passion of trying to be a of trying to be a professional athlete and i'm doing everything in my power to you know try to be on a feature film as a as a supporting lead or lead role um that's something i'm excited about because i feel like i'm really growing as an athlete uh, on the entrepreneur side, uh, things that I'm really excited about is uh, continuing to, you know, expand on my daycare uh, aspirations. And, and I actually have a, a, a sports agency that I started with an alumni from Bishops uh, that we've gotten some really, really cool news about just working with some NBA players, NFL players, and, uh, and even a, an athlete uh, in the athletes in the CFL and and uh, on the team Canada bobsled team uh, and we're, we're we're looking right now to expand into the NHL and, and do what we do there which is you know teach uh, financial literacy to to athletes pro athletes uh, and and just a concierge service of helping them kind of navigate through life as a pro athlete and then on top of that as I mentioned earlier uh, to you privately is you know I've gotten into the real estate game and into you know motivational speaking and and uh, into uh, you know just uh, some investing uh, personal investments uh, um, myself so uh, it's crazy on on like you said is when you do have all this time just the things that you can you can dabble in or really dive into and when you have that same motivation you know a lot of people are like how the hell do you you know do all these things but to be honest it's 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 very manageable based off of the the amount of time that we 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 gave to our our sports like we give a lot to those sports being student athletes or or pro athletes or you know athletes in general you give a lot to something that uh, that, that, that's very important. Now take that same, that same energy, that same motivation and put it into, or just put it into trying new things. Right. And mm. I, I see you, you will be successful at those. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a really good point. Um, with, with, with the opportunity to dive into multiple, especially at our age, like multiple, uh, income streams, it's very fascinating. Um, how well student athletes can like manage their time. And the, the other side to that coin is um, I guess as an example. So for myself, as soon as I stepped away from football, uh, when I was so 23, my last year at Bishop, kind of when me and you started to form our relationship yep. in the weight room, you kind of, I got to kind of bounce some things off of you. So I think I had told you about this podcast and about some of the, the charity stuff we we're able to do with uh, youth sports and mental health. Um, yeah. And, and now with this, you know, lockdown, this, this whole situation the world's in, um, we got even more free time to then work on the business, not in the business. Um, yeah. So I just think just for the young athletes listening at home right now, you're never going to have more free time than you do right now because the online yeah. schooling and the shorter days and there's no sports and you can't socialize. 
if you're a young person with interest in entrepreneurship or, or leadership or whatever you're doing, now's a great time to practice building that brand for yourself. Like, like you had mentioned, you've built a brand for yourself. People associate your name with the things that you do. Very yeah. underrated aspect of being a young professional. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then thank, uh, the last thing I have for you is well, what would your take home, take home advice, your, your, uh, just a deep piece of advice for the next generation of athletes that are trying to accomplish some of the things that you've been able to accomplish on and off the field? Um, I, I would say that the, the, I always have a few different things to say, but I think uh, one of the most important things that I'm realizing now as I chase my, you know, aspirations and dreams of becoming, uh, you know, uh, a renowned actor or a better actor, booking more shows is enjoy the process because the process is the dream. Everyone thinks that, hey, you know what, uh, you know, I got to be a pro, 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 or I got to do this, I got to do this, I got to make sure I get an East-West, or I got to make sure I do the E-Camp, or whatever it is uh, to your respected sports of getting to the highest level. But remember, um, the grind, the ups and the downs are the dream, right? So it's, it's easy for me to look back and look at that, but I feel like, I, I feel like if there is one thing I wish I did take, was that the the friendships, the networking, the uh, moments, all those things? If you the, uh, the the ups and downs, and looking at that, and I and if I was to look at it and just say, man, I appreciate that I could do this right now, and I love that I'm chasing my dream. It would have just made it a little bit more wholesome for me. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, sometimes in per in perspective, you know, a deal falls through on the business side or. Um, you know, you know, I don't quite get the audition that I was looking for, or I don't audition as well, or I audition extremely well and I still don't get it. And instead of me just being down in the dumps and pissed about it, I'm just like, man, well, this is the process. Like, this is what it takes to get to where I need to be. So I just got to try even harder next time. So it, I would say, you know, trust the process, enjoy the process. And if you give it a 100% YCDA, man, you can do anything. You can do anything. I agree with you. And that's such a, another great piece of advice for the young athletes listening to this. Um, so to our young viewers, this was season three, episode six of Athletic Insights. Atakulu, I want to thank you so much for your time. And I've got my eye on you. I wish you the best, man. I can't wait to see all you accomplish all the things you want to accomplish. And same to you, my brother. I appreciate it. We're out.